you seek the key. But first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Futures are solid, pointing to some fresh record highs as the U.S. and China reaffirm their commitment to that phase one trade deal. Got some changes to the Dow as well. Plenty of upgrades and price target hikes for names like Facebook, Apple and Starbucks. Case Schiller's in as well, up 4-3. Our roadmap begins with the Dow Jones, Exxon out, Salesforce in and how Apple stock split is driving the shakeup for blue chips. Plus the online surge, Best Buy notching a 2, 242% gain in e-commerce sales in the second quarter, but can it last? And trade optimism, U.S. and China officials reaffirming their phase one commitment. The S&P is poised to add to its record run. Jim, uh, I saw you last night mentioning those changes to the Dow, and, and your general point was don't be fooled in thinking that there's as much money indexed to the Dow as to the S&P. Well, you know, it's interesting, Carl. I, we said that last night. It's been the theme all morning, and there's been no sellers. And one of the reasons there's been no sellers are the people who are now trading stocks in early hours have tremendous conviction in the face of being wrong. And it's rather incredible because the hubris of these people, they must think that Dow Jones Industrial Average has a lot of money indexed to it. And that money has to come out of Exxon and must go into Salesforce. And, David, you have been uh, probably at the forefront of our network of explaining the atavistic nature of the Dow. And yet you see this, too. And aren't you kind of shocked that even after we remonstrate that this is not necessarily the right thing to do, that the buyers just get even more more ferocious? Yeah, uh, your point's a good one. We make it all the time. I try not to ever talk about the Dow Jones because, as I've said so many times, it is a statistically irrelevant index given it's price weighted. That's the way they did it way back when. That's why they've had to keep doing it that way so that you can look at a chart and actually see it make sense. Uh, the S&P, of course, is market cap weighted, although lately we've talked a lot, guys, about how even that index is not necessarily reflective of the broader market any longer, given the incredible weightings of five enormous companies in it, Jim. This is a snapshot of a moment in time. I think that makes it interesting to see what the decisions are in terms of what goes into the index and out. But I kind of leave it at that. And to your point, uh, there is a little bit of money, maybe five million shares need to be bought, but so little. It is not like the S&P at all. There is hardly any money indexed against the Dow Jones, as you say, Jim. And again, I always come back to the fact that while it's an interesting snapshot, the Dow is not a statistically relevant index. Sorry. No, and, and it is curious. Of course, we've got Amgen, which is a not a particularly fast-growing drug company, replacing Pfizer, which is a not particularly uh, fast-growing company, but is very big. 
Um, we have Honeywell, which is trying to become, reinvent itself as a software company, but is considered often to be the doppelganger of United Technologies, which is now Raytheon. That gets the boot. And then the most, the most incredible one, Carl, is Salesforce. Because, and I have Mark Benioff on tonight. Salesforce is a company that most people don't know what it does. I mean, it makes it so you're a better seller of things. But also, if you go to the website, you can see it's really the way to run your company and digitize it. Uh, Exxon is uh, atavistic. And yet, if we look, uh, if you go back in time, uh, in, two thir- in 2013, uh, it, it, the second quarter, it was the largest company. Uh, in 2010, by the way, it's largest of all four. Uh, all four quarters, it was the largest. I mean, even in 2017, it was the sixth largest. And 2016, it was the, um, in the fourth quarter, it was, uh, geez, it, was, it was first and second. I mean, this was a huge company, and it has been crushed. I think the dividend is very much in question. And they kept Chevron, the goal of it. Standard Oil of California. <laughs> they kept the wrong one. You know, they, 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 right, right. they kept the bodies. They moved the gravestones. Now, now, Jim, there is sort of this highly anecdotal reputation that it's somehow a Sports Illustrated cover kind of curse to get added and somewhat of a relief to get exited. I mean, do you buy any of that? No, I, you know, these are they're fun. Uh, I, I, look, I think what will happen is someone's going to say, Jim, you said no. And then Salesforce reports an arm and the stock goes down. Hey, you're washed up. The usual. But I would point out this. I would point out that there is no curse. Uh, and as David said, it's it's been a, a you know, it's kind of a bragging point. I mean, I think I informed Mark last night. Mark was working on mass and I said, whoa, this is great. And he's whoa. And it's just it's a very nice thing to tell your mom. Yep. Yep, it is. I mean, and for Salesforce, I think they can be proud of it because it is. It, that's it. That's what it means. It's right. it's uh, OK. You know, we, look what we've been able to accomplish in terms of at least the reputation, so to speak, or our importance in the overall uh, market. Jim. You tell Joel, I, I, I leave it thrilled. at that, I, you know. Now, yeah. David now as for Salesforce's numbers, I'll leave that to you in right. terms of because this me has absolutely nothing to do with the performance of the company over time, which obviously has been extraordinary. And you, of course, uh, having been a, a big supporter of this of the stock over that period. Well, of time since eight, uh, proud of it. But, you know, I, David, I've made some see every time you say something good, you have to say, but I'm a total knucklehead and I've got this, this, this one. Uh, Amgen's the one that surprised me because Amgen was the beneficiary of a Justice Department breakup of a key drug from Celgene in order to get Bristol-Myers to be closed. With Celgene, this would not have gone up. The whole move has been because they won a court suit and because they got this uh, one drug from Celgene. And I just don't think that Amgen, I, I, this, this is a personal pride hurt for Pfizer. I mean, wasn't Pfizer riding high on the vaccine? Suddenly Pfizer's the also ran. What does Amgen got? How many divisions does Amgen have? Yeah. <laughs> That's... Yeah, well, who knows? Anyway, it's a marketing tool for Dow Jones, even though they don't actually own it. Anymore. It is. I mean, you know what? Salesforce could be able to do it. I bet you they do like the greatest CRM company and in the Dow, unlike Oracle, you know, unlike Google and you know, whatever. <laughs> How about all right? Let's, um, well, let's Jim, get to the heart of things, Carl. What the hell is Walgreens doing in there? I mean, what is that? <laughs> I mean, have you seen that stock? I mean, you want the Dow to go down you, know, you put a couple of Walgreens yeah. in there. That's one of the worst. Remember, Walgreens yeah. was a partner of Theranos, and that was the hope. Uh, yeah, we could that do that all day, Jim, uh, playing, to, uh, right? playing the chess game of what belongs and what doesn't <laughs> belong. More importantly, though, Jim, 
was yesterday uh, the influence of convalescent plasma and vaccine hopes. Today, this phone call with Lighthizer and Mnuchin and the vice premier uh, reaffirming their commitment to phase one, even though China's got some uh, got to pick up the pace in terms of their uh, commitment to purchases for the year. But how important is that? How surprising is it after the president said he didn't want to talk to them anymore? Uh, I, I think it is very surprising because uh, they've been putting out Navarro. And, and Peter Navarro has been on our network. I mean, Peter's talking about that, some of the outrageous actions that China's taking. And the president is nonstop talking about what the numbers would be like if it weren't for the China virus. And then in the meantime, here we go. Uh, game on China. Uh, and Secretary Mnuchin has become... The point man for what I regard as, let's say, I don't know, how about, uh, David, how about reason? Do you like reason? David? I'll take it, sure. You'll take it? Sure. Reason sounds fine. Yeah. Reason. Sounds I, fine. Yeah. yeah. All right. And look, we want, yeah. do we want a China deal? I mean, some of us are harder liner on China, hard line on China. But what this does is, I know Apple's about to split, it, but Apple's <laughs> being sold off because it's had such a run. But they're the big winner if we think that there's going to be uh, trade conciliation. The second but, one is Nike. Once really again, someone that, loves though? Nike today. Do, do we really think that, Jim? I mean, come on. You know, this formalizes ag purchases to some extent that the Chinese, by the way, need. Um, does this really change the tenor between the two countries? You're which asking the wrong man. I think it's nothing. Dur- I, I know you do. I mean, and I know you are a hawk on this yes. uh, and have been for some time. But, I, I, you know, it's not like it's um, but why going to help it? Huawei in some fashion or or TikTok's owner ByteDance or Tencent, the owner of WeChat and all those right. executive orders. Or I mean, there's so many different roads you can go down here that have only gotten much more difficult in terms of the relation between between the two countries well you can go by deer deer's been on fire of course there were two people one there was a firm that came out with a sell right before it i'm, I'm calling that ill-advised for they reported carl the one thing I, I i would emphasize is that the the administration could change its mind tomorrow so if you're buying these stocks maybe you have a little more uh, uh time frame than just 24 hours because we have seen vitriol against china i still think the oracle deal did you see the scoop, David, by the way? The Journal had a story about how General Atlantic was involved in a yeah. big... I could, what an exclusive. I, I heard... Yeah, I heard that somewhere. I'm trying to remember. David, it wasn't it's on. Almost We're by some of the sports reporters. You broke the story about the Celtics getting a pretty good guy and third, you know. But. <laughs> Carl, it is painful. Um, hey, listen. It as long as they're watching, the, that's the all TV that station of record. As long as they're watching. That's Ooh. what's important. That's what's Unless important. Watching. Don't get caught up in the scoops. I, that game, I played that game for too long. Eh. All right, well, all right. I'm a news guy. And yeah. Don't worry about it. I know. And you're a news oh. guy. It's great. And you got to be on it. You got to be on it. And I love it. And you had, you did have the details on this. I still wonder about the complexity of that actual offer and the ability of ByteDance's owners in the form of Sequoia and General Atlantic right. and Code 2 or others to be able to tr- somehow monetize there, move into a U.S. TikTok ownership stake with Oracle, which, again, does not seem to be as, as, as much of the driving force here as perhaps Microsoft. I continue to right. believe, you know, when you're looking at it from a complexity standpoint, Microsoft presents the easier deal possibly. But let's not forget, ByteDance's owners want there to be another bidder because it's the only way to try to get anywhere near Potential fair value for the asset. The one thing, Carl, is it's so what's so difficult is Safra Katz, uh, who is driving it for Oracle, is a sphinx. I mean, you're never going to get anything out of Safra Katz. Of course, you try. 
uh, and I've tried uh, endlessly to try to get, but she's not going to talk. Larry Ellison is certainly not going to talk. Uh, so they're not leaking like sieves. And, and so therefore, uh, maybe it's just something that we talk about. And, and in the end, it's going to be Microsoft. But it's a big, big story. And it yeah. made me feel like it's going to happen sooner no. rather than later because of the stuff from the news. Yep. Well, there's plenty of cross currents. Uh, there's uh, obviously the TikTok dance. Um, you've got uh, the phase one talks. A lot of back and forth between the Chinese and the Europeans this morning, Jim, talking about being strong economic partners. And then, David, I'm sure at some point this morning you're going to cover uh, this filing for Ants IPO, which uh, would give it a valuation theoretically bigger than some of our own biggest banks. No doubt. I think we're going to we should spend a decent amount of time talking about this. And we will a bit later in the show as well, perhaps, Carl. But to your point, Ant Financial is not going to be listed here. And I think that's an important point, one that perhaps Mr. Kramer says is a good thing. Yes, I would argue otherwise. It oh. will be listed on the star market in Shanghai. It will be listed in Hong Kong. It will likely be the largest initial public offering of all time, at least according to the people that I've been speaking with, as much as $15 billion worth of stocks sold in the domestic market in China and another $15 billion sold globally. So U.S. investors will be able to own it. You just won't be able to trade it here in the United States in what, any form. What price unlike, does the course, party Alibaba, want to Which be? does own 33%. Say again, Jim? What price is the party setting it at? The Chinese oh, Communist Party? Please. Have they picked the price? Come on, man. What do you what mean, you, come you, on? You've literally become Peter Navarro. You've literally become Navarro. Now, what's might, my, might what's well my handle, Carl, if I'm not Navarro? The, the student has become the master. Well, I've tried, yeah. I've tried to get Navarro <laughs> to be a little tougher. I think he's worried about Biden getting in. Just kidding. No, come on, David. It's the Chinese Communist you Do you understand that? Yes, you do. This is an enormous financial services company in China created Alipay. By the way, they pulled that business out of Alibaba, if you remember. A lot of their shareholders were not happy about it years ago. They do own 33%. Remember, they changed it from getting that dividend to owning 33%. It's helped move up shares of Alibaba. But we'll keep a close eye on, on Ant Financial. Jack Ma still controls that company Jeez. from a governance level, although his economics are not what his and boat is. And who's Jack Ma's hero? Um, guys, I... Speaking of speaking of capital markets activity and IPOs, want to talk Palantir after the break because a right, direct Forrest. listing from this Silicon Valley giant is coming up soon. We got a lot more squawk on the street. Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones, from powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. Thirty years ago, State Street launched the Spider S and P 500 ETF Spy, a big idea that inspired the world to invest differently, and still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Welcome. Welcome back, guys. I uh, want to talk a bit about Palantir, of course. A name at the beginning of this year that many would not have expected would be coming public will be hitting... Um, the market's fairly soon, it would appear. And in fact, we're waiting moment by moment now for an official S-1. They did file confidentially a while back, but it is going to be made public, the S-1. Any moment now is what I'm told. In fact, many expected we would have seen that S-1 from the company yesterday. Of course, this is a company, uh, the government and the Defense Department are a large user of its services, but it has also commercialized those services uh, in part under what it's called, what it is its foundry works uh, part of its business as well. Uh, that part has very large gross uh, margins as they've tried to 
to move towards profitability. Remember, Peter Thiel uh, is a longtime investor there, the chairman. Uh, Alex Karp, though, the company's CEO, has never embraced fully the idea of, of becoming a public company, but that's where they're going to go. Uh, and it is going to be a direct listing. And again, much of this is already known and been reported on by others uh, at this point. We are expecting, in fact, that uh, I'm told it could be as soon as September 24th that this listing takes place. You're going to need a roadshow prior to that. Let's call that mid-September before, Jim, this thing hits the market. Uh, and again, a direct listing similar wow. to Spotify and Slack both of which hit a bit of turbulence early on. There was some concern amongst both of those about selling shareholders. And what may distinguish this is this desire on the part of Palantir, Jim, to have a lockup on a certain and potentially large portion of the shares that are sold. That would be kind of a, a new thing for a direct listing. Oh, geez, I was going to say that until I heard that. I was going to say, once again, we've seen tremendous undervaluations with these, whether it be Google all the way back before 2000 to, or, or uh, Spotify, which was just completely uh, hacked because it was a hacked me. It was just, just cut to pieces by the direct listing. So you you've got something there, David. You've got something there. Uh, lock it up might be so that Palantir gets a very good valuation. I have not seen the financials. I, by reputation, everyone says the same thing, which is sterling. Yeah, I mean, I think the margins are high. They're still losing money. There were some screenshots, TechCrunch has it, of the S1 that were sent. Gross profit for 2019, roughly $500 million, about 16% higher than 2018. From what I hear, though, they at least are talking a big game at this point about their opportunities amongst corporations, not just the government, which, of course, has been a very large user of their services, um, and the, the prospect of a very strong fourth quarter. Uh, we'll see. This has been a darling of Silicon Valley for quite some time. The valuation has changed. They've been able to raise plenty of money in the private markets, Carl, as so many other companies have. But there seems to at least be a hope that unlike many companies that were able to do so and therefore push off their public offering to the point where they weren't growing anywhere near as fast, there at least seems to be a hope, Carl, that in this case, their larger growth prospects are still ahead of them. Yeah, we had a discussion about this yesterday, uh, sort of related to how COVID flipped the switch on a lot of issues, Jim. Would, it, would a pre-COVID Airbnb IPO have been as compelling as it appears to be uh, in the offing now? No, uh, not at all. We got Snowflake today. Yeah, it they, has, I'm sorry. Right. It's turned a bunch of things upside down. Right. Their business fell off about 80 percent. They didn't see anything coming. They did some layoffs. And then it turns out the tables were turned. Uh, hotels decide, uh, people decided hotels were more dangerous. Uh, lobbies, elevators, uh, difficult to clean uh, versus homes, uh, a pool uh, at a home versus a pool that's a community pool at a, at a hotel. So now business is off the charts. And a lot of the hotels obviously are on the ropes. And that's why I think Airbnb has gone from a deal that we were questioning to being a deal that you got to get in. You got to get in now. That's true. Yeah. Terrific. Still, you know, it's still funny, Jim. I still wonder exactly why they're choosing now to go public. There certainly is their help in terms of, you know, the broader knowledge of a company, the marketing in some way that it helps you do. But they're not raising the money, right? They're not out there raising the money. And obviously, they've got some selling shareholders who've been able to monetize because of all the money they've raised previously. Well, look, I just think no one thought it was going to be good. Even management wasn't sure. And now I know that just people who say, well, I don't want to stay in somebody's house. It is... The hotels, the number, the amount that are in arrears, 
uh, versus if you go the value of of, uh, of Airbnb. It's working. And I think it is a great time right. for them because Sorry, you want, I, was, I want a piece of it. Well, if I could trade. Yeah, I was talking Palantir when I just made those comments. But okay. Understood. Carl? Guys, uh, so many names to get to. Uh, some of the upgrades and price target hikes for names like Starbucks, Deer, AMD, Facebook, Chipotle. Got a new street high on Apple. We'll get to all of that when Squawk in the Street. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Continues. All right, time for uh, a mad dash as we uh, count down to the opening bell. About three minutes till we get there. Palo Alto is the name this morning, Jim. Yes, Nikesh Arora, old, uh, old, old name for you, David, right? SoftBank. He's, Nikesh took this over, uh, bought a lot of stock at 200, by the way. Uh, has, I think, made a magnificent turn. He's bought a series of companies and made this into the, maybe the gold standard for both on-premise and for work-at-home cybersecurity. Well, David reports a blowout quarter. We have 10 price target boosts. We've got two other analysts who didn't boost but said this is the one to own. This is a new pattern we, uh, uh, for this period of stocks that have run. We saw it for NVIDIA. NVIDIA stock was down 8 after uh, 19 price target boosts. So we got Palo Alto down, down almost 10. And I predict that Palo Alto, if you buy it with all those price target boosts, will work. I think Takesh is doing a great job. And I had him on last night, uh, very confident, really doing well with, with uh, stay-at-home, work-at-home, which, of course, is, I don't know. I don't know anybody who works at home, but it must be something. Oh. <laughs> hey, Carl, do you love it? I mean, you know, my wife said, Lisa was, uh, we, were, we were at Mar- Mark and Kiki Hoffman's house on Saturday. She goes, Jim, what the hell are you doing? Why do you go to that office? And I said, because I'm lonely. You live out there. It must be great. Um, I don't know, David. I don't know about David. Uh, but I'm looking at J.P. Morgan this morning. We have a piece on our on dot com that uh, J.P.M. is going to start implementing a model. Daniel Pinto says that he thinks will be more or less permanent, which is a rotational model. You work one week a month from home, maybe two days wow. a week. Uh, that's that's the way this this whole yeah. thing is evolving. Holy cow! That means there's going to be lots of Zoom yeah. meetings like there are now, which means uh, it, wow, you it, can hide. It also means that yeah, it also means you can reduce your footprint. Now I'm not sure that that's what J.P. Morgan is thinking, particularly given the enormous renovations footprint. that they're undertaking at their headquarters at 270. No, your actual footprint of employees, your real estate footprint, uh, right. well, is you know, what I'm look, talking let's, about. Let's there just, are a number break of companies. 
Let's break the story so the Times and Wall Street Journal can break the story. Every company offline says it's a lot cheaper to have these people at home, and they work much harder, and you can call them at any hour. And that's the new world. You work harder from home. It's cheaper. And I'm going to never use the word exploitation, David, because I know this is not 1917 in Russia. But it is incredible what a bargain it is to have people work at home and then not to have any travel and entertainment, Carl. I mean, these companies are going to have huge. uh, uh, Watch what Salesforce does tonight. I bet you they do well. They've been people at home. I mean, look, so you buy a home from Lenore that has two offices in it. I'm going to try working from home next. Uh, it's just the got, buttons, no, mad money. It's hard. There's, there's definitely upside. I mean, I'm sure David agrees. There's a nice lining to it. I mean, I do miss I miss being on a desk with you guys. Uh, you miss the, uh, the chatter quotient of uh, working with your colleagues, yes. even when you're not on the air. So it's, it's mixed. It's definitely mixed. But the fact yes. is, is that it is, uh, uh, it's yes. working out very well for the companies. And people are surprised how well it's working out. And that's the theme for this quarter. There's the opening bell, guys. We'll watch Brett fill in. Jim, uh, speaking of working from home, Best Buy uh, comps up 5.8, double the estimate on computers and appliances and tablets. Uh, they declare a dividend. We talked about online comps up 242, but no guidance uh, and a yeah. warning that maybe Q3 can't be sustained at and, 20%. And that C- the CFO gave you this line. says, uh, we're not fighting guns. However, I would note that we are planning for third quarter to be higher compared to last year. So far, so good. But likely not continue quarter to date level of approximately 20% growth. So why don't you just stick a fork in yourself? Uh, it, maybe they needed to feel like that they could revise things down, but they're on fire. And the two, it's a high, large appliances and home theater. I mean, who would have thought it? Home theaters are back. I don't know. If, uh, David, you have home theater? Uh, no, I don't think I do. You know? I don't think it qualifies. I've got a sound bar, but that's not a home theater, you know. But it's nice. It works. It's enough. Well, it's enough. people want I it. I bought it at Best Buy, actually. Yeah, I bought that thing at Did Best you? Buy a few years ago. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, yeah. I, I bought yeah. mine. Uh, I didn't buy it, but I bought a used screen, Carl, uh, from Amazon. And now I'd like to have seats because it's how I'm going to watch the game. Just see, because my season tickets don't mean anything, even though I paid for them already. <laughs> and no, and they were sent me a note which says, we are delighted to let you know that you get to keep your box until 20, in 2021. And I'm fine with it because I'm Jimmy Show. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Where would you put a home theater, Jim? Which house would you choose? I don't know. The 12th one. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we jumped ahead. I thought we were some 10. Atta- new one. And another new one coming. You can watch some Lisa's Italian uh, new wave cinema uh, in, uh, in Italy, Jim. Well, maybe you can Italy. watch some Apple TV. You can't get uh, to we, Italy. We should, we should. I know, I know. We should talk about Cowan going to 530 on Apple on the heels of Katie Huberty's 520 yesterday. Are we going to do this every day, Jim? New yeah, analyst with a $10 I, uh, I, incremental move? Well, this piece was... Uh, one of the most boring pieces. I mean, you know, please, it, it, let's come up with something new. Some of the parts, what, are they going to break it up? I mean, earnings. No, let this thing come down. I mean, I'm surprised that these analysts don't realize, look, the stock's for sale as people take a little profit and then come out after. Uh, it's not, remember, look, I'm a huge advocate of splits, but we also know they don't do anything. Uh, so let it come in. I don't know why people feel like they have to do this call right now. Other than this usual, well, we got to take price target up. You know, we saw some some pieces today. You know, we got a, a piece today that was comp- completely fatuous about Alphabet going up, Google, 
Um, we got a Facebook piece which says that Facebook, the, the their social media is doing well. Oh, we got a Netflix piece saying Netflix is doing well. What, I mean, what is this? This is like, give me something about Hormel, for heaven's sake. Give me something about Smucker. I just feel like these, you know, the UBS, really, Facebook, it wasn't, I don't know if it was Evidence Lab. Medtronic had a good quarter. MDT. Uh, UBS did take Facebook to 330. Uh, They were at 242. Uh, They're talking about shops uh, being a $10 billion opportunity, Jim. Uh, So that's a new street high on Facebook, too. I think shops is brilliant. It's uh, the ambassadors now of... uh uh, 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 of the company, you notice the heat has died down. There was a non-story about uh, actually that Zuckerberg has actually been saying, "Listen, as long as Microsoft, if Microsoft can get TikTok, as long as it's separate." I mean, I, there was no revelations there, but they had to make it a revelation. Uh, I, I just, do you have Mark Smucker? You guys have Mark Smucker? Yeah. Why yeah. don't you just like cut my heart out? You know, like kind of in Indiana Jones and the yeah. Temple of Doom. He was my guest. Yeah. Well, here, no, you know, sure like, you know how him, he reaches Jim, in and he just goes like this? Well, that's what you just did you to me. You don't get every single one of them, Jim. You don't get Sarah, every Sarah single Eisen, one Sarah Eisen, the great every Sarah. So it's Sarah Eisenhauer. So, you know what? I'm not going to mess with the Eisenhower. Yeah. I have a See, I'm on show that anyway. hour today, Jim. Hmm? You should feel better about it. I'm on that hour today with Sarah. So oh, you are? those two hours. All right. Know, well, so. Cafe yeah. Bust, it's yeah. Cafe Bustello. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's Duncan. Oh, that's in the 11. And it's Folgers. I'm just trying to give you the brand so you know the story. Yeah, yeah, got it. <laughs> Carl, I'm sorry. I just, I'm competitive. You know? We love it. It's, it's corporate Darwinism at work, Jim. Um, I, on Smucker, uh, you're talking basically a three-month high. Uh, and I, it's, I'm curious, it's another example. Deer was the other one last week, Jim, where we had downgrades going into the print. Yes. In, in Smucker's case, it was Morgan Stanley. A couple weeks ago, they went to 107. They said they'd be a lesser beneficiary of uh, food demand. And that was... The, the, the print proved the exact opposite. Yeah, I mean, this is 50%. Organic sales up 11%, uh, 70 cent beat. Uh, pet up three. A lot of people felt that their pet offering is not that competitive. I question that now. And Dunkin' Cafe Bastello, which happened to be one of my favorites in Folgers, all up double digits. So that, this is a stay-at-home play where people have a lot of coffee at home, and they buy these uh, well-known brands. I happen to like all of them. I, I, look, I was a U-band guy at one point. But that was because that was when I didn't sleep on Tuesdays. David. Hmm. All right. No Sleep Tuesdays. Yeah, no Sleep Tuesdays. I remember those. Taco Thursday, No Sleep Tuesdays. Yeah, they were. No Sleep <laughs> uh, Guys, quick favorite report here. Uh, and wading back into the drama that is uh, Tiffany and LVMH. Remember that deal, of course, uh, signed what was it? last November. Uh, 135 bucks a share, all cash. Remember, they moved up at the end. Something that Bernard Arnault, the richest man in Europe, seems to regret. Why am I mentioning it now? Well, there was an 8K file this morning. Uh, They had to extend the merger agreement, uh, as you'd expect, because this is taking longer than might have been anticipated in terms of getting approvals, the key one being from the EU, which I'll get to in a moment. Um, But Tiffany did it unilaterally, which we don't often see. And then there was language uh, that Tiffany shared with us from LVMH in which they said, uh, well, first of all, on August 24th, they delivered to LVMH a confirmatory notice. They extend it to November 24th. Okay, all fine. We see this often in deals. Remember how often Sprint and T-Mobile had to extend their deal? But then there's this, that LVMH has notified the registrant. It reserves the right to challenge the validity of the extension of the outside data under their merger agreement. And that is why the stock is down about 4% this morning, because it is once again raising concerns 
As I have reported previously, this is months ago at this point, that Bernard Arnault would like to try to get a price cut here. Not walk away from the deal, but get a price cut. That is not a mystery. That is not something that's unknown to the Tiffany side. But what remains unclear is whether or not he's going to be able to figure out a way to try and get it. The latest foray does seem to be at least around this idea of an extension, with the idea being that perhaps you would call a Mac as a result of at least uh, at the time that he tried to extend and therefore say you have the right to terminate. Very much unclear under Delaware law that that would be something that they could do. And in fact, Tiffany has made it very clear, at least uh, in speaking to people close to that company, that they will go to court, that they are not interested in extending any sort of price cut, as you'd expect them to say, to Mr. Arnault. Now, you didn't become the richest man in Europe by being a nice guy. Even if his advisors are telling him you really don't have that great a shot at getting this, he continues to want to put the pressure on in some fashion or other. All that being said, it's not as though the two companies are strangers. They talk all the time. And in fact, I am told as well that early next week you are going to get a filing of a formal notification to the EU beginning what would be a 25-day review process for the deal, meaning a close could not be that far away. So if Mr. Arnault is looking for that opportunity to finally say, um, you know, um, price cut or walk, it may be in the not too distant future. But again, guys, uh, this is another COVID impacted deal, not unlike Taubman and uh, Simon Properties, which are going to court in Michigan in November uh, after Simon, of course, just said, we're done, we're walking away, even if declaring a Mac, even if we have no right to actually do so. Uh, a key here, Jim, though, will also be Tiffany's earnings. We're getting them Thursday. Uh, China has been very strong, we've seen from a number of other companies that have reported results in the luxury area. Uh, so, you know, it may make it even more difficult in some way for LVMH to say we deserve a price cut. And again, they may be searching for that opportunity to get one, right. but it remains very much unclear how they actually will go about doing it. Well, Doesn't mean he's retail, not going to keep trying, as I've said many times. The retail have and have not so far have been the ones that have great e-commerce versus the ones that have don't. I mean, look, TJX, position that my travel trust held, it was a terrible number. Why? They don't have any e-commerce. I, I don't know how much e-commerce Tiffany really has, uh, but I don't think it's known as one of those. And I think that uh, look, it's a great gem that has been led, led fallow. I, I actually thought the last two years was pretty good. Carl, it's a, it, the name was never destroyed. The name was never destroyed. And, and I, but I do think that the world changed with COVID. And the answer is, if you have e-com, like Facebook shops, you're in great shape. And if you don't have mm. e-com, you're mm. questionable because people yeah. don't like to go to stores anymore. But don't don't you think, Jim, I mean, I'm looking at this city upgrade of Gap today. Uh, Gap's the number one S&P gainer up six and a half that some are searching for uh, optionality stories as well. Within yeah, retail. that's true. L brand's the same. I mean, you look at these. It's not yeah, Gale Pacific. I like interesting stock. Hey, by the, I think Porto just put like two million shares of Gale Pacific. Uh, but I, I like Gap uh, as a breakup play initially. I like L brands as a breakup play initially. These are trades. The, you know, the athletic, the athletic. I mean, honestly, these are companies that are trades. It's just that the L brand trade worked out a little bit longer than I thought because Bath and Body Works was good. But I just think, Carl, in the end, there's a, these are transitional names. And uh, yes, right. maybe all the different divisions are worth more. But then what? I mean, you're still stuck with these companies that are mall based that uh, are the numbers are horrendous. And I, I just think that this whole L brand, someone came out today and said it's not too late to buy L brands. Like, what are you kidding?
I mean, it was at 19. It's not too late to buy rocket mortgage. Right. It was at nine. You know, there is a there is a time when it is too late. If the company's not a great yeah. company. I mean, don't forget. Late. And don't forget, I mean, talking about deals that fell by the wayside, of course, L Brand's deal to sell Victoria's Secret to Sycamore is another casualty of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, both sides just walked away. Um, you know, so, again, it gets back to your point and their concern overall. By the way, again, that November 24th deal on Tiffany, just to make it clear, because, you know, is that's when they've extended the deadline to it. Doesn't mean they won't close long before that. But now they at least have the time to do that. Um, so you don't seem to think Tiffany's long-term prospects, whether a part of LV- LVMH or not, Jim, are that great. No, I don't. Uh, I think the world changed. And, you know, Tiffany is a mall-based shop uh, where, with high prices. Uh, I would, there are people who, uh, Costco, by the way, sell some terrific jewelry, and they've, they do sell it. I, I just think that, this is one where I believe it would be trading substantially lower if they walked away substantially. I don't know. This is not the right kind of company in this environment. It's all about e-commerce. And, Carl, I think that we are never going to be the same in terms of the way we shop. We shop on Amazon for the silliest things, hence why Walgreens is where it is. And I don't know about luxury, but uh, I don't want to try things on. I mean, I think that's one of the problems. I mean, do you know the cash is down double digit? There's certain way we don't want certain interactions. I don't want to try on. I don't want my wife to try on a ring that was that she uh, that some might have been tried on before. Now I know that they polish things up and whatever, but maybe I you know, like get Signet, and I know Signet boy, they probably hate that I put in the same word, but I just don't like more. I don't like more. Yeah, no. I, you and I know some people who work in uh, beauty and the lipstick counter. Ooh. has changed forever. I can tell yes. you that. Yes, Estee Lauder uh, back on only concerns. because of moisturizer. Because, uh, in, yeah. look, in your yeah, story, skincare's... I mean, man, do you ever need, you ever see the ring of fire that you get? I know that's a great reference, but yeah, ring of fire. I, I like Johnny Cash. <laughs> I, live at Folsom was his best. David Folsom. Record high on the S&P. Let's yes. get to Bob Asani this morning. Hey, Bob. Good morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Uh, respectable open, kind of split, two to one advancing the declining stocks. But once again, second day in a row, we're getting a little bit of a value tilt. This is one of these mini rallies, folks, that happens every once in a while. So you have bank stocks move up, industrials, uh, healthcare doing all right. Tech has been lagging, although it just moved into positive territory uh, overall. Uh, not a lot of new highs, though. Still don't see it on the s and I'm waiting for that to happen. Uh, I'll tell you what is pretty hot is the IPO market. Did you see overnight? My heavens, four uh, big Silicon Valley tech IPOs announced. Believe it or not, these are the first Silicon Valley IPOs of the year. We've had some tech IPOs. You know, Rocket came, but they're based uh, in Detroit. So finally, we're getting some Silicon Valley companies. The one I'm interested in is Ant Group. This could be the biggest one ever, and it isn't even going to be here. It's going to be over in China and in Shanghai. Uh, important thing about this is we don't know the numbers yet, but it could be $30 billion. That's the speculation out there. We keep showing uh, that would be a record, folks. If you take a look at the biggest IPOs ever, Saudi Aramco's was the largest one uh, in terms of a float, $25 billion there, uh, followed by Alibaba, SoftBank, NTT, and American International Assurance. Uh, so this could be it. Uh, it's a great time to go public uh, for Ant Financial. I mean, they're a 
payment processing company, essentially. And these companies are just on fire this year. Not only are they tech, but they're uh, they're doing well because of the whole COVID situation. So if you look at some of these payment processing stocks, and I consider like PayPal is a potential competitor there uh, for Ant. PayPal, Tencent Square. Uh, Aiden is uh, in the Netherlands. They trade over in Europe. But look at these stocks. This is just this year. So good time to go public. Good time to go public as a payment processing company uh, as well. By the way, it's going to be very hard to own uh, Ant Financial out there if you're in the U.S. But one way to own it, Renaissance Capital's international IPO, uh, uh, IPOS, uh, that's at historic high. They'll own that within days of Ant going uh, going public. Keep an eye on that. Uh, as for the Dow companies, the Dow changes that we've been seeing, by the way, losers on this, at NYSE and NASDAQ, you think they're not unhappy about missing out about the, the biggest IPO of all time, potentially? They're listing in Shanghai and in, the New, and in the Hong Kong, so not here in the United States. Obviously, they're not going to be happy about that. As for the Dow shakeup, this kind of makes sense. They're conservative here. Salesforce replacing Exxon. Salesforce, of course, big software company. Apple split reduced the weighting of technology. And you don't need two energy stocks when the S&P is 3% energy. Uh, having Chevron will be enough. Amgen replacing Pfizer. Pfizer is the lowest price stock. Amgen's more representative of biotech. That kind of makes sense. Honeywell replacing Raytheon is kind of like for like. But Raytheon, remember, kind of overlapped with Boeing and Honeywell a little broader. So all these changes are conservative, but they're not baffling here. Index investing, Carl, just want to show you this, where the money is. We talked about this. David talked about this. $31 billion linked to the Dow. That's not a typo. $11 trillion linked to the S&P 500. And you can see the S&P is just getting bigger and bigger. It's $28 trillion market cap. And five companies are 23.9%, Carl, of the S&P 500. And we know what five those are. Back to you. All right. Uh, Bob, thanks for that. Financials leading along with the healthcare today. Let's get to Rick Santelli. Hey, Rick. Well, maybe the financials are looking at the yield curve, which is steep in about three basis points, with 10-year note yields up four, two-year note yields up one. 30-year bond yields are up about a handful right now. Let's go back to that 30-year bond auction on August 13th. It was a Thursday. Why do I go back on the chart to that particular session? Because that's when we really started to have this notion that there might be a life with interest rates going higher that aren't challenged by the Federal Reserve and raising the quantity of buying they do. But yet we still tapered off, but we're coming back. We briefly traded over 70 base points in 10s. We briefly traded over 140 base points in 30s. And do remember, we have a two-year auction today. $50 billion, another record-sized auction. Seems like everyone just seems to get bigger. Now let's look at 10-year minus Boons. This is a month to date as we get towards the end of August. At 112 basis points, you can see we're starting to outpace Boon deals just a bit. Our yield's growing a little taller, a little faster. And with respect to the Chinese trade talks that happened this morning via telephone, it seemed like they're playing nice. Uh, it's fascinating to look at the euro versus the Chinese onshore yuan versus the dollar versus the onshore yuan. Let's look at year to date because the euro is definitely doing better. The dollar against that currency is now at the lowest level since the third week of January. And finally, let's just isolate that strong currency. Here's a month to date of the euro versus the dollar. Uh, and what you can see is, is that it is losing a little bit of ground here, but nothing huge. And we want to pay attention to recent highs in the past. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. All right, Rick, thank you very much. So S&P 3435, um, interestingly, on the Dow at least, the biggest laggards include those that are bound to get kicked out. 
uh, Raytheon, Exxon, and Pfizer. Apple's thrown in there, too. We're back in just a moment. I just want to say, though, as far as the U.S. is concerned, when you look at this, I mean, you have a little higher headcount on the infections because of the cruise ship people coming off. We have contained this. We have contained this. I won't say airtight, but pretty close to airtight. We've done a good job in the United States. Hats off to our public health people. It's Cudlow. Uh, six months ago today with our Kelly Evans, uh, obviously, Jim. Uh, Larry's addressed that statement several times since and has said it wasn't a forecast. The hope is that what he said back then uh, might actually be true now as the number of deaths and uh, new cases every day continues to drop. You know, I, I did some work yesterday in the Big 12, uh, which is going to play football. And uh, the doctors who advised them, Cleveland Clinic, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Mayo Clinic, Cleveland Clinic and Mayo Clinic differ, differ on this. Uh, differ. They, they were saying, hey, listen, who knew? I mean, you know, look, it's easy to nail uh, Larry. But when, when you have an outfit like the Mayo Clinic that didn't know, uh, you've got Ohio State doctors saying you shouldn't play. Uh, there is such division still. We had a FDA director take the FDA director take back what he said Sunday. Is it a fiasco or is it just hard? I mean, look, I feel for Larry. That was obviously a very ill-advised statement. But is there anybody who's really been completely right on the initial Lancet article in the Harvard School of Public Health? Because all I can tell you is when you have a split, like Big Ten not playing, Big 12 playing, it's because nobody knows anything. And uh, I know it's easy to second-guess Larry. Well, the... the the answer then, Jim, is is to not step out over your skis, right? To not make promises that you're not sure about. Yes. Uh, to just say we don't know. We right? don't that's, know. That's I mean, that would have been the smartest thing to say. I mean, now I didn't like the idea that it was kicked back to the states because I, in World War II, I honestly I said yesterday, you don't want Iowa out there and you know in the German in, in the theater in Europe, and we got Florida fighting in the, the Midway. You know, you needed a united effort. And we didn't get that because the president wanted to make it a, a states' right issue, but. The fact is, we know that masks work, and yet people don't even believe in masks. All right, all right. Well, certainly stocks are higher than they were uh, six months ago t- today. Take a quick break here, talk more about what the market day has for us in store in a moment. Take a look at some of the S&P gainers this morning. Smucker's on top with a uh, 6% gain. We're going to talk to the CEO later on this morning. Uh, City upgrades Gap and a $24 target. That's doing pretty well, along with some of the names that are going to be added to the Dow, like Honeywell and Amgen. More Squawk on the Streets back in just a moment. It's time for Jim and Stop Trading. Yeah, the IBB, which is a biotech index, has been absolutely horrible of late. It's been down, 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 down. Well, Amgen's the largest performer, number uh, largest uh, holding. Number four, you, you've got a very good one. You've got Regeneron in there. Now, Regeneron, I think, is the next one the president starts talking about, which is the cocktail that they have with Roche that needs to be tested right now. They don't have enough people. The trials start in September. It is for people who are sick already. It's that magic bullet that David talks about. I know he likes it to be a pill, but I think that this group is going to move because Amgen's 8% of the IBB, and Amgen's going to break the spell by Regeneron. That's an interesting take. uh, Right? That biotech index has kept everything down. It's That's a good, a good point. I hadn't thought about that. What's on Mad tonight? Well, we have Mark Benioff as the man of the hour because he's with Mark's Salesforce's replaced Exxon. Hey, well, you know, Standard Oil, easy come, easy go. And Jim Snead from Hormel, <laughs> just, be- right? just because he didn't blow out the numbers like Smucker doesn't mean it can't be an interesting uh, get. 
And I understand that there's pressure behind the scenes that I won't let this happen again. I'm taking whoever you have. Think about who you have that you like. They're mine. Anyway, good show. <laughs> Just Complain kidding. To David I and Sarah. love everyone. Uh, I'm Jimmy Chill. <laughs> Jim, we'll see you tonight. Mad Money, 6 p.m. as always. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.